Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Well, Merry Christmas. How are we all doing? Feeling all right? Feeling good? Everybody's well and healthy and all that? Good, good, good. Well, we're uh, thinking a little bit along the lines this season about some assembly required and the fact that uh, Christmas doesn't just automatically happen, does it? It takes a little bit of energy and effort and uh, probably there's a direct relationship between what kind of a Christmas season you're having and how much work you've put into it. Amen? I do think there's a tipping point. Like, you can do so much work, you can eventually go, yeah, I'm just... I'm just exhausted now. I'm not having fun anymore. I'm just tired. So hopefully you get to take a deep breath right now on Christmas Eve and we get to share a little and think a little about the gift that God has given us and what it means and why it matters. We're thinking today about free delivery, about the free gift that you and I have been given and I want to just share with you from Luke chapter 4. So you, when you're in the context of Luke's gospel, you know, uh, Colton just read to us the Christmas story. And so, but subsequent to that, very quickly we move into the opening of the ministry of Jesus. And we read these words in Luke chapter 4. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, which was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus at the opening of his ministry goes to his hometown, he goes into the synagogue, they hand him the scroll of Isaiah, he reads this prophetic passage and he says, that's what I'm here for, that's what I'm doing, that's what's going to happen. I'm here to set the oppressed free, I'm, I'm here to release from prison those that are captive, I want the blind to receive sight, I want the lame to walk, I'm here to declare the year of the Lord's favor. And so I want you to just kind of hold that in your thought and in your sort of consciousness as we think together. Everybody doing okay? Yes. So I, I uh, you know, this is uh, Christmas Eve service number three. And, uh, and I have noticed this, that uh, people feel tired to me. They feel like there's, you know, so uh, we're going to give you a chance to have energy. We're going to sing joy to the world at the end of this. And you're going to get to, you know, hold your candle and dance around and do some things. But it is okay to let out some energy now. It won't be super vigorous. You, you know, don't save it all for the end and then go home with it. You know, leave it here on the field. We want all of that energy in the room. I think we've come to have a relationship with the Christmas season that is a relationship of reciprocity. We were taught this early on in our journey. We, we have a quid pro quo relationship with Christmas. You understand what I mean? We got to do some stuff in order to get the goods. That's how we relate to the holiday. And why not? We were indoctrinated into this understanding. You better watch out. You better not cry. 
You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. This is a high impact for impressionable children, you know. It gets worse. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that gets into your head, you know, and it influences your thoughts about the season. So we learn early on that this is a, this is a season of reciprocity. We got to do some stuff to get the goods. We have to do well. And if we haven't gotten it yet, there's more. He's making a list. He's checking it. He's going to find out who's because Santa Claus is coming to town. On uh, Wednesday evening, we had Santa Fest and we had a big celebration and uh, Santa was here and kids came and had photos taken and, and I heard one sort of, you know, frazzled father who had managed to get his three small children there and I heard him telling somebody this, I used the Santa Claus is coming to town thing to get them here. <laughs> Just right out loud, I told him, you better watch out. <laughs> and we learned this. Sadly, for a lot of us, we have related this right into the story of God. And we relate to God in much the same way. It's some kind of relationship of reciprocity. We, we want to do enough to stay on the nice list with God. We certainly don't want to be on the naughty list. And, and psychologically, spiritually speaking, we somehow believe if we're doing better, God likes us more. That as long as we're performing well in our journey, in our attitude, in our relationships, as long as we're getting it all right then we probably deserve some good things from God. But if we're not getting it all right, then God's probably got us on the naughty list and, and we're probably going to get coal in our stockings, which we probably need to rethink at this point because coal is A, not environmentally acceptable, <laughs> and B, it's no longer junk. It's actually expensive. So. <laughs> but I wonder how many of us sitting in the room online, we have that feeling about the season. I wish I was doing better. I wish things were better. And we also reverse this. We also look at our life and go, things aren't going very well. I wonder what I'm doing or not doing that's not allowing God to bless me in the way. Because I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be happy. I'm pretty sure all my relationships are supposed to work right. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be blessed. I'm supposed to be healthy. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I do a lot of good things. I get on the nice list. God blesses me. And that's not really what this season is about at all. In fact, the scriptural understanding is that this is not a relationship of reciprocity. It is a relationship in which God freely delivers his love to you and to me, lavishes his love on us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think sometimes we get into the noise of the season, and if I were to just ask you this morning, what is the noise in your head? What is going on up there in your brain what do you dwell on? What do you worry about? What makes you anxious in the season? It's a lot. Now, we have a noisy home, and we have a noisy home because we have a big family. And so there's a lot of people celebrating the holiday, and there's a lot of, 
you know, sort of intersecting priorities that go on when you have a big family. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get that? Like if you just did the simple thing about people in the family have agendas of what they're going to bake, what they're going to make for the season. And so then the kitchen becomes not a place that, you know, where it's like a, you know, warm, inviting, it's more like scheduling, you know, okay, you can be in here from two to four, but you've got to be out by four because, you know, we've got sugar cookies coming in at four and you've got to be done. You've got to be out of here. I don't know what happens to you, but in our season, we just are like, okay, we're not making food. We're going to in and out again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Hundreds of people are going to in and out just so you know. <laughs> what is the noise that's going on in your head? Because I think this season invites us into a place of quiet, a place where we can receive this gift, this free delivery of God's grace and love and care. That's what this season is about. You do understand that, right? It's about this unmerited favor of God who pours and lavishes his love on each of us, on our story, on our life, on our loved ones, on our friends, not because we've performed well, but because he loves us like that. Because he cares like that, because he reaches into our story like that and into the story of the people we care about and love. I love the fact that the hymn writers and the carol writers, they all seem to get around to that conversation. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. They're all weaving together this image that you and I are finding this sort of noiseless place in order to receive the gift of the season it came upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men. From heaven's all gracious king, the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. So... I want and ask and invite you to find a place where you get quiet today, tonight, tomorrow, so you can receive the gift of the season. When John begins to talk about God and he begins to talk about the story of the coming, you know, the gospels we know as the synoptic gospels are Matthew and Mark and Luke. And we call them the synoptic gospels because they have sync optics. The optics are synchronized. They tell the same story from the same perspective, but not John. John goes off on a tangent all of his own. <laughs> he doesn't start with the birth of Jesus the way the other gospels do. He doesn't start with some genealogy about Jesus and how he got here. He starts at the cosmic beginning. And this is what he writes in John 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light to all human beings. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. 
but the one and only Son, who is himself God, as in, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So John gives us this image and this idea and this story about God at the very foundation of creation saying, my son is involved in this story. And, and, and as John sort of begins to unfold his story, we quickly come to a story right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in which Nicodemus seeks him out. Nicodemus, this high-ranking Pharisee, he comes and he finds Jesus and he says, I don't really understand who you are. I don't really understand the story. I don't really understand what this is all about. And Jesus sits him down and says, let me explain it all to you. And they start this very intricate conversation. It's very typical of John to be the one that's sort of sitting watching these intricate conversations and then relating to us. We have more personal information about what happened when from John than any other gospel writer. And so how does Jesus describe the event of his own coming? This is how he tells it to Nicodemus. Chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's his description. That's Jesus' own words about what this season is about and what this gift looks like. And, and so I just have two thoughts to share with you about this. Free delivery. Number one, God so loved you that he gave the gift of his son. Receive it. Receive it. It's not a relationship of reciprocity. It, you don't earn somehow God's favor and love. He loves you wherever you are, just like you are, whatever shape you're in. Amen? Amen? And we can get in bad shape in a variety of ways. We can get in bad shape because we get worn out and tired. We intend to do the right thing, but we don't always choose the right thing, do we? And sometimes we can get in bad space because we decide we're tired of waiting on God and we're going to figure it out for ourselves. He's just a little slow on the uptake. And so we're just going to take over. We're going to drive a while. We've done that. And sometimes we get kind of messed up because we get tired and sometimes we get messed up because broken things in our lives and trauma and sadness and grief. God so loved that he gave his son. I want you to soak that up. It was a free delivery. It, it, there, were no string, there are no strings attached to his love for you. Does he want you to do the right things? Absolutely. <laughs> Why? Because they're good for you. Because they go well with you. Because they help you. <laughs> but does he withhold his love from you until you get it right? Oh, thank God, no. Because none of us are getting it all right. Amen? Amen? We do have a tendency to kind of quickly decide who's on the nice list and who's on the naughty list. Amen? That was not an enthusiastic amen. <laughs> So none of you people, you know, do that. But we know people who put people on the nice list and the naughty list. It's one of the realizations I've had over a lot of years of standing up here. Whenever I talk about, you know, being responsible for our own behavior and, you know, taking responsibility for our weaknesses and failures, half of the crowd takes that on the chin. I mean, half of the crowd is, he's talking to me again. He's talking to me. That's me. I did it. I'm guilty. 
the other half of the crowd says, I'm sure glad he's talking about this. I know some people that need to hear it. <laughs> you can decide which camp you're in. And I find that if I decide to increase the intensity of the sermon, that the people who feel guilty just feel more guilty. And the people that are glad I'm talking about it for the sake of others are more glad that I'm talking about it for the sake of others. We do have a tendency to decide who's on the naughty list and who's on the nice list. And for a moment in the season to just stop and say, it doesn't really matter. Here's what matters. God so loved the world and every person in it that he sent his son. Freely receive it. Don't just receive it, share it. Have grace. Have grace for the people around you. Lavish on them the love of God that he's lavished on you. It's a gift. And the second point of the sermon is this. He's the source of our deliverance. Free delivery. I've come to set the oppressed free. I've come to free from prison. Those who are held captive. I've come to help the blind see and the lame walk. I've come to declare the favor of our Lord. He's here to deliver us, to help us. And not just us, our kids, our grandkids, the people we know, our extended families, all of it. I wish it was instantaneous. Don't, I mean, don't you wish that the God piece worked more like the Santa piece? Like, like in the night, he just slips down the chimney and he just leaves the gift of your deliverance, uh, you know, in a stocking by the fireplace. And you get up in the morning and you go, woohoo. Not really how it works, is it? But the promise is, I'm here to see you through. I am here to see you through. You, your kids, your grandkids, the people you know, the messiness of relationships. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. I have come to set the captives free. I have come to free those who are being oppressed. I've come to see the lame walk and the blind see. I've come to see dead things live. I've come to be in it with you and to provide a means and a source of deliverance in your journey. I want you to reflect on that in the season, to know that he lavishes his love on you. Find a quiet place and let that in and that he's at work. He's at work in every circumstance, in every situation. And it's okay for you to pray the free delivery of God over the people you know, over the circumstances in which you find yourself. This is the prejudice of God at his very heart. God so loved you that he sent his only son. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's my prayer for you for your story, for your journey, for your circumstances, for the needs of your life. In a moment, we're going to light the candle of Christmas. We've been in the Advent season and we've been celebrating and we have lit the four candles at the Advent wreath and now it's time to light the Christ candle. If we were a traditional church, you'd have to come back at midnight tonight Because officially, it's not Christmas until midnight. And by the way, we will be here at midnight, and we will be lighting the Christ candle at midnight, but we're also going to light it now. (laughs) And so a couple of things as the band comes back and we prepare for this moment together.
For hundreds of years, the church has traditionally ended the Christmas Eve service with the lighting of the Christ candle and the traditional candle lighting celebration. We're going to do that together. It used to make a little more sense because we had actual fire in the room. And most of us didn't, you know, just start our own fire spontaneously out in the crowd. So try to play along with the imagery of what's going on, even though you can create spontaneous combustion wherever you are. And so we celebrate the coming of the light by lighting the Christ candle. It symbolizes light coming into the world. And in a moment, we'll read the scriptures and we'll light the candle. And then from the Christ candle, I'll light a candle and then I'll extend that to some of you in the front row. And I observed this last night. The people on the sides were on top of it. They were just so excited to share the light and they just shared. And the people in the middle, they got the light and they hoarded it right here. At two rows of light and utter darkness everywhere else. Finally, evangelistic people on the outside began to move into the darkness. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to play along. <coughs> Wait for the light to come to you because there's a couple of symbols that matter here. The first one is this. I'm going to light this puny little candle and it doesn't do much to penetrate the darkness. But as we share from person to person, to person, to person, to person, in a very short amount of time, this room will be beautifully illuminated with a beautiful, warm light. That is the imagery of the light of Christ. It's not overwhelming in any one of us, but together we make a difference in the darkness. So watch that and enjoy it. And the second symbol is this, the light's coming to you. It may take a while, may take a little longer because somebody forgot to turn and share, but it's coming for you and it's coming to you and it's coming to your circumstances and it's coming to your story. And so feel the warmth of it, anticipate it, invite it in. God loves you and wants you to be a part of this celebration. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light is dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.